Good morning, Connection. Good morning. My name's Colton, and I am the intern pastor here at Connection. And uh, I'll be preaching today. Matt's uh, our normal, our lead pastor. <laughs> you said it. Uh, if this is your first time here, I want to welcome you to Connection. Uh, if it's your first time, you're our family. You're with family. Video that we just watched portrayed a story out of Mark chapter 2 of Jesus healing this paralyzed man. But I think a lot of times we miss the bigger story here that's in that video or in that that's in the story. You can turn to your Bibles in Mark chapter 2, and we'll be there in a little bit. Uh, This is the fourth Sunday. So on the fourth Sunday, we, uh, here at Connection, do this thing called Touch Someone's Life Gift. If you're your first time here, or this is not where you call Connection your home, church, then this is not for you. This is for our Connection folk. Uh, If whoever's collecting it want to come up and... Well, we'll get back to that here in a minute. It's all right. So, uh, but when the bags start passing, if you're in this position where you need twenty dollars to make a bill, bill need ten dollars, whatever, reach your hand in there and grab it. That's what it's here for. But at the end, they'll bring me the bag back up, and I will give it to someone out here to give away in our community. How many of you, or how many, how many of us have gotten to some bad situations with our friends, or our friends have gotten us into bad situations? <laughs> Whoever, <laughs> I know I have. There's been times in my life that I've had some ups and downs and in some bad areas. Uh, when I asked this question to myself when I was studying this, it, my mind went directly back to high school, my senior year. So, senior year, you know, this is the year that you slack off. This is what you, when you don't do anything, or as little as possible. It's what you think. But, I had two assistant hours. My first one was the first hour of the day. So I decided there was another guy with me and we've decided that we are going to go to breakfast instead of going to class. Might have happened a couple times. But we decided one time to go out and we're like, okay, we'll go to breakfast and then we'll come back. And Well, about the time we came back is about the time one of the teachers caught us. One of our teachers that we were supposed to be in their room was out there waiting for us when we got back. Luckily, there probably wasn't there wasn't really any consequence on it, but it could have ended up a lot worse. I've been in situations that ended up a lot worse with different friends. 
But I've also been in situations where my friends have influenced me in a great way. And to the point where I was brought into church or I was started growing in Christ. And that will bring us to your first link in your worship handout. If you've probably got one as you came in the door, if you turn to the middle, there is blanks to fill out. First play is, friends have the ability to influence us in good and bad ways. I find if I don't surround myself with friends that are trying to build me up or put me near Christ, I end up following those friends down that path. So I end up in a place I don't really want to talk about or... I'll end up doing something that I don't really want to do or I shouldn't do. Right at the end of my high school career, I had a group of friends that really helped influence me. I came from this church, actually. Uh, I had two or three of them that we built each other up and grew up in Christ a lot. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. Because I would have probably ended up in different situ- a different area of my life. Um, but let's turn to Mark chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. So this is early on in Jesus' career, and his career ministry. This is towards the beginning, and we'll see here in a minute that why the news has spread so quick. So Jesus is already starting to build big crowds as we can see in Verse 2, the house is already packed. So this is quickly, he's, but in verse, in chapter 1 of this, you can see why he was drawing such a big crowd. You, know, you don't have to turn your Bible, just look on the screen. The, in chapter 1, verse 45, but the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what has happened. As a, as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. So this guy got healed from leprosy. This guy that, this, the man that they're talking about, just a couple, and Jesus told him not to go tell everybody. He didn't want that spread because he wanted to teach first. He didn't want to be labeled a... There was people already around healing people. And whether or not they were truly healers or false prophets. But he didn't want to be labeled as a false prophet. He wanted to teach people. That's what he came here for. That was his original. It wasn't to just heal people. He wanted to teach. And with people following him, like they, all they wanted were miracles. A lot of times I get in a place in my life where... I'm like that. I'm like the people that come and flock to that house. 
I want I want to see God work a miracle in my life. I want God to do something for me right then and there. When that's not exactly what he wants me to do. He wants us to come with our problems to him. Does that mean he's going to immediately take them away? Not always. Sometimes he can. But he wants us to come and learn from him and seek him. I'm constantly praying to God that, hey, why don't you come? I have this problem in my life. I need you to come take it away from me. Or, like when I was writing this sermon, I was like, man, God, this is what I want to preach on. I just need some words to kind of fill in the gap. I need you to help me out here. Instead of me studying, I'm coming to him, I'm like, hey, I need you to fill the, I need you to do this for me. And that's not what God does. He's not a genie in the bottle. It'll bring us to our next handout. Do we listen to the word of God or are we just looking for his miracles? Do I go to his word and study like I should and say, well, this is the problem I have in my life. Why don't I go read something that God's already talked about or he's already dealt with this problem and he's has whole book written on this on my problems or do I just want to pray to him and say hey come, come take this from me you'll be alright it goes on in, char- in chapter 2 verse 2 while he was preaching God's word to them four men arrived car- carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So before we get going too far, these guys were late. I missed that the first time I read read through this. Is that these guys were late to the party? So these guys probably heard these four men carrying this guy. Four men, the paralyzed man's four friends, probably heard about Jesus coming, and instead of them getting a spot up front. And being able to sit there and see Jesus work miracles, they decided, hey, I have a friend that needs help. And they took off and went and found him. Went and got him, went and picked him up and brought him with brought him with him. So they decided to miss out on being close just to help build up a friend. Have I been that friend? Am I that friend to people in my life to help build them up and able to sacrifice myself? Goes on. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. Couldn't imagine what was going through the paralyzed man's head. As they, as they got there, and he was so excited, you know, they came and got him. Like, hey, Jesus is back in town. Let's go. He's going to heal you. And then they get there and they couldn't even get close to him. 
in his mind it had to have been going. We were so close. I was so close. His friends knowing that Jesus could help him. We'll go we'll find out, we'll go they could they could have gave up right here. They've been like, Well, we tried. Maybe next time. Maybe next time he comes through, we'll we'll be able to get you there, get you there a little bit quicker. You're next. I know we're going through blanks pretty quick here, or off the front. Worship handout: Are the friends that I surround myself with bringing me closer to Jesus? My friends bringing me closer to Jesus. Is the people that I hang out with every day bringing me closer to Jesus or am I following them down a path that I shouldn't be going? There's times that I, I want to say, well, yeah, I have friends that followed Christ and they're leading me down the right path. But do I focus on those friends? Do I, Or do I want to kind of surround myself with the guys that maybe lead me down the wrong path because... That's more. That seems more fun right now, right? If it wasn't for my connect group and my my mentoring friends, I wouldn't be growing in the in the place I'm at. It goes on in verse four. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. So these four men, they didn't just give up. They decided, hey, I'm going to climb up on the, some dude's roof because, you know, this is not their house. But they climbed up on some dude's roof and I'm going to just dig a hole through, their, through the roof. Because that's going to make the guy inside real happy. You know, he, he's hosting Jesus. He probably had that house sparkling when he was in there. I don't, when we host people, we have to go and clean our house. I don't like doing That's why we don't host a whole lot of people. <laughs> But so, but when people so they come and they climb up there, probably not easy lifting that guy up into onto the roof, and then they dig a hole. So this guy's roof just to lift, lower him down into seeing Jesus. They could have easily given up again here. As well, we can't get there. This has been true in my life. I've seen this. Well, I get close to Jesus, and then there's a wall. Like, man, I'm so close. It's been that way a lot recently, especially the last month. My life has been seemed like flying by, and I hit a wall. And I'm like, well, I see where Jesus wants me, but there's a wall in front of me. And I can't get there. It was If it wasn't for friends like Matt and my wife and people that I surround myself with, I wouldn't be getting over that wall. For weeks I struggled with Thinking that, hey, I should be able to climb that wall myself. I should be able to get over that. I should 
not be feeling this way. I can do this myself. Until you finally get to the point where you can't move. And that's when my friends picked me up and pulled me over that wall. They lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. So right here, imagine you're the friends. You're up on the roof. You roll over down to Jesus. You're like, man, we got him there. Now he's going to get healed. And then the first thing out of Jesus' mouth was, Your sins are forgiven. Their friends, again, they're looking for big miracles right now. They're probably looking at each other like, What did he say? thought he was going to tell him to get up and walk. But that didn't happen right off the... Because Jesus is teaching here and he realized this man thought because back in then they thought when you were paralyzed or something was wrong with you that you were paying for the sins of your family or yourself. That you must have done something wrong and that's why you're paralyzed. Or your family did something wrong so you're paralyzed. And Jesus is talking to him and is like, look, you need to stop. This is no longer your burden to bury, to carry. So Jesus is meeting his needs that he truly needs. Not the ones that his physical side He knows that he is probably torn up inside. That he is heart just ripped apart because he knows, he thinks that he's done something wrong. This is why We need to surround our friend, ourselves with friends that truly seek God because sometimes our outer needs are not what we... Our outer problems are not what we truly need. We might have a broken heart or something, but we don't realize... But our friends can realize, like, hey, you, this is really what you need and kind of lead you up that way. Leads us into your next blank. Surrounding yourself with friends that are seeking God will help you grow by leaps and bounds. Through this guy's, through the four friends that the paralyzed man had, even if he's not healed, even we know the story that he's he's going to get healed. But even if he's not healed, he's probably better off, and he knows it. He's probably happy at the point that Jesus says. Your sins are forgiven. Because he's never been told that. He's never... That's something you didn't do. Like, what we'll see is that Jesus is meeting his needs right where he's at. In verse 6, But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, 
What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sin. So the Pharisees are already there. They already are trying to find fault in him or trying to figure out if he's a false prophet. Or this is early, so they're probably just trying to figure out if he's a false prophet or not. They've heard of his healing people and doing these other miracles, starting to do these miracles. They want to, they want to get the whole picture. And then they see this, and they hear him say, "Your sins are forgiven." And their immediate thought is, "Can't do that." They would they would understand that only God can forgive sins. They kind of miss the point on that Jesus is saying that he is the by saying that your sins are forgiven he's saying that he is God but he they're missing the point and they're just thinking man he can't do that and Jesus catches them right then and there goes on in verse 8 Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he said, why do you question this in your hearts? So Jesus is showing that he is, not only can he forgive sin, is that he is all-knowing at this point. They didn't. I know in the video it shows that them saying it out loud, but it says here that they were thinking it. It wasn't even that they like said it in words. That they were just thinking, hey, he can't do that, that's blasphemy. And Jesus catches it. And he, te- and he calls them out on it. Right then and there. So he's showing that them again. Not only can I forgive sins. But I know your hearts too. I know your true intentions. In verse 9 it says. It is easier to say to the paralyzed man. Your sins are forgiven. Or stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. So I believe in this point that Jesus is probably being a little sarcastic to them. Saying, which is easier? You tell me. You, you're expecting me to do this big miracle and make him walk. And you're upset that I said his sins are forgiven? You, he's like, you've been okay if I would have said, hey, just get up and walk. But now, now that I am truly meeting his needs, you're upset about it. Do I do this? Do I expect God to do the big miracles without him truly, and then not truly look for what I need? Do I want him to get, I want him to get me from here to here, but I don't want to do the work in between. In verse 10 it says, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So, the Son of Man title, I didn't really understand. And I just, from a little age, since I was little, I just associated it with Jesus and being God. And that that's what that meant. I didn't know until I was pointed in the right direction of what the Son of Man is. 
And the Pharisees would have realized what it, what it was right off the bat. They would have caught it because they're, that's all they did was study law. Was study the writings of the Old Testament is what we would call it. And the Son of Man is referring back to a book in the Old Testament in Daniel. We'll see up here on the screen if you want to go ahead and put it on the screen. In chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. It says, As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient One and was led into His presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and every nation and language would obey Him. His rule is eternal and will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. So by Him referring to Himself as the Son of Man, they would have caught that He was saying, Hey, I'm the one that is here to rule the earth. This is my domain. This is, I have authority over everything. And it has been given to me by God. Saying that. And so that's when he kind of just puts them in their place. Goes on in chapter, in Mark chapter 2, verse 10. Says that Jesus, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. So, now not only did Jesus forgive his sins, and now he's doing the big miracle too. He's like, Go, you're good to go, and walks. But can you imagine when, that, when those words came out of his mouth? Stand up and walk. Can you imagine the tension of everyone around him wondering if he was truly going to get up and walk? Followers of Jesus were probably like the disciples and people that were there with him were probably like sitting there. Well, it's the big big show showdown right now. Uh, the Pharisees already calling out Jesus and is he going to get up and walk? Because if not, if he doesn't get up and walk... It kind of, why are we doing this? Why are we, why are we following Jesus? And then the Pharisees, they're sitting there, probably watching, almost horror, thinking, if he gets up and walks, this is going to make them look like they're losing control over what they're. They're the leaders right now of their of their area. Of their of the Jews, so with this Messiah coming, they are going to lose a little bit of their power. Verse twelve, and the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out the, through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, "We've never seen anything like this before." They never saw anything like this before. This is saying that they are not comparing. This is different than all the false teaching that they've seen in the past. All the other false prophets that have been around. This is different. This is something that they've not truly seen. 
there's days that I have I want to be like the paralyzed man's friend. There's days that I need those friends. Let's look at the last blank in your worship handout. When things look like they are impossible, find your friends and have them pray with you. Find your friends and be with them. Find your friends and help them and help and have them help you find God. Or find the path that you need to go. Before we dismiss, uh, do we have the bag? $93.81. Jacob, you want to come? Here we go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Giving us friends and people around to help us lead to you, lead us to you, Lord. I pray that we continually seek out friends that will help us le- help us grow in you, Lord. I pray over the bag that it goes out and blesses somebody in our community, Lord. I pray that you help us grow 